One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Outer Sanctum is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and acknowledge that sovereignty of these lands were never ceded. Good plan. Who thought of this one? Welcome to the Outer Sanctum for the final week of 2022, which has gone for approximately 2022 years, all in one year. (laughs) It is an absolute pleasure to be here with my football-loving Sanctum siblings. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hello, I'm Rana Hussain. Hello, I'm Nicole Hayes. Hi, it's Lucy Race. Hi, it's Julia Kiera. Hi, it's Shelley Ware. Hello, it's Tess Armstrong here. Well, it is almost a full quorum. It is so nice to see all your faces. It was a huge weekend in football. Springfield actually turned it on and looked the goods. Delta Goodrum was banging it out. Some criticism about whether or not she was exactly the right performer, but geez, that girl's got some decent pipes. But we can't bury the lead. We've got a Melbourne supporter sitting in our midst and a historic win for the D's in the AFLW. They were so close all season. Rana Hussain, how are you feeling? Oh, elated. So, so happy. I can't even, I mean, look, I'm a very confused Melbourne supporter, but this was definitely special. And I have to say, as much as, you know, Melbourne are my OG AFL team that I've supported since I was 12 years old, this one felt very, very special in that it really felt like one for all the people who have supported AFLW from the very beginning. To see an inaugural team and Melbourne have been right behind women's footy from the beginning, but then Captain Daisy Pierce with the history at the Durban Falcons who are steeped in women's footy history. To see that team win just meant something so much bigger than the Melbourne Footy Club. And so for me, as much as it is about the red and the blue, I actually think that's where I had all the feels. And it just, I, you know, like I actually found myself thinking of one Lucy race through the whole game because I thought this woman has been on the red and the blue from the start of the AFLW. And so I just, I was thinking about you, Lou, the whole time and thinking how special this must have been for you. Oh, it was very special. I I was calling Melbourne my step team yesterday and you're right, like, you know, right back at the start, all of us who were supporters of clubs that didn't have a women's team decided to pick a team and I picked Melbourne. So I feel like I've ridden the bumps over there for a number of seasons and I just, you know, it's like family. They, They feel really familiar to me. I've watched this team play very closely for seven seasons and um, I thought it was such a fitting game yesterday because these two teams could hardly be split during the home and away season. It was less than a percentage point at the end of the home and away 
season and to have a, a grand final that was so contested and so close. I don't know about you lot, but I have not recovered because it was way too tense. But I think the thing that will always stay with me is is love. The love that I saw between all of those players and all of the staff uh, on field yesterday. Daisy Pierce had done a Instagram post before the game. And one of the things she wrote in that was, let's go my loves. And when I read that, it really touched me because I felt in her language, I could I could feel the way that she felt about the rest of her teammates. And I saw that play out. There's something really lovely about sport because it invites you to be part of that journey alongside them. It doesn't, even though that's a very individual and special experience that that team has had on field, they invite you all when they share those relationships and they share what it means. They invite you to be part of that and to feel something. And and I felt a lot of things. So I'm very grateful. Well done, Dees. Nicole, you've been on, on the Lions all season, all two seasons. <laughs> How are you when you were watching the game yesterday? Where was your heart? Yeah, well, so Brisbane was also my adopted team, sort of, because I did acknowledge that once um, the Hawthorne, you know, joined, uh, it was a bit uh, comp- more complicated. But I, for the duration of the game, I realised I really, really was invested in that team winning because I felt quite sick from beginning to end. <laughs> you know, it was a hard slog of a match to start with um, and, you know, there was a great – the Lions did really well in that opening quarter but then it just became just a really tough slog of a defensive game all the way through and, and you know, the scores definitely um, were indicative of that. What was very strange was but I was really crushed when that siren went in that moment and then I watched Daisy and I watched the demon's joy and it's an incredible balm for a broken heart. So I I was, by the end, I had come around and I ended up really retrospectively enjoying it. It's, can you do that? Can you have it both ways like that? <laughs> you can have it any way you like, Nicole. I think that's what AFLW is all about. <laughs> Shelley Ware, how did you feel about this historic win? I thought it was gorgeous. I was the same with Daisy. It was just so lovely to see her at the end, you know, just so thrilled. And I love that she'd written that on her post, Lucy. That's really beautiful. That's what it is, isn't it? It's about that love that they have for each other. But I loved it. You know, I've watched Taylor Harris her whole career and and just that little goal that was just put in her little hands, you know, just kicked there and then she got to just kick it right in front was really joyful. And what I've loved about watching Taylor is that this season she's not just grown as a player, but you can see she's grown as a person. So it was um, it was pretty special to watch that too. Yeah, that's a massive highlight. Julia, must have felt pretty personal for you because um, so many Darabin former teammates out there or in the coach's box even. Yes, I wasn't um, good company to watch the game alongside. Uh, pretty tense in the in the last <laughs> quarter there, just really wheeling them over the line and, you know, as Rana touched on there, the Demons-Falcons connection is strong. But, you know, it, it did make me think back to the first women's draft, which was in 2013 actually for the exhibition games um, when Melbourne played the Western Bulldogs and Daisy was to take and pick one then and Karen Paxman was, I can't remember, I think she was picked six, but she was definitely in the top ten and, it seems really fitting that 
you know, only two Victorian teams have won a flag um, and they are the Bulldogs and Melbourne, um, the two teams that invested all that, you know, 10 years ago now uh, in the game. So it did feel, you know, like a beautiful moment to see Daisy win it, Melbourne win it. And I did feel for the photographers though that, you know, the they call all the players up on the dais and they only got maybe a second of the the playing team before they invited every single player on the list up onto the um onto the dais with them all the injured players all the non-selected players <laughs> and i thought this is actually amazing because now when you look at all the posts it's the entire squad and i thought they've done a shelly wear they've worked the system um, and <laughs> give them, give all, them a medal. all a medal. And look, the photos are what count. So, Instagram feed is just full of the entire team. And but of course, the the subtext or the obvious text is that that team really valued every single person on the list, and it shows in everything they said after the game and Daisy's post match interview with Abby Holmes. I think it's still going actually. But um, you know, they they clearly valued every person in the the team and the <laughs> the staff and it was beautiful beautiful moment I loved that the D's won not because I mean I do really love the D's and I know so many of I'm so fond of so many people in this team and I didn't I just want to put it out there that I didn't have a bias because they were necessarily a Melbourne team I think it's just the underdog story and because Brisbane had won one so recently and had has been so dominant I think I just I like to believe in the fairy tale and proof of that is that in 2005 I wore a Sydney scarf to the grand final and, in fact, in 2007 I wore a Geelong scarf and went for Geelong just before Hawthorne (laughs) actually went into the whole Geelong thing. I I went to the um, grand final parade in 2005 and cheered for the Swans and then look what they came and did to me (laughs) not so many years later. So I just just love that, the fairy tale that anything's possible. I really went into yesterday thinking I just don't know if it's possible and that it was by the most narrow of margins was exciting to me. Tess, obviously that's the story of the Tigers um, until recently, until they became, you know, three-time premiership winners in your lifetime. But um, what was your major highlight from yesterday? Yeah, hopefully it's the story of our Tigers women as well because I'd love to, you know, have a sneak. Well, I feel like we're close. What are our thoughts? Anyway, uh, yesterday was, it was amazing actually. It was a real spectacle and a very appropriate end of this amazing season because we had these two incredible teams with two very different stories. I really felt for Brisbane because they have been unbelievable and they've been awesome to watch all year and I've just loved the way they've played footy. But gee whiz, it was great and it really was quite remarkable from Melbourne's point of view because they they were able to address things in the game, which I always love to see because Brisbane really came off to a hot start and, and Melbourne really addressed it in the mid-game and I thought, cool, good for you. It was delightful. And I must say that my child is, I mean, this is what I really need to ask you guys about, the pressure of having a genius child, because he has not only tipped the male grand finalists by saying go cats, which I've only just been able to get him to stop, because now he said go D's. And so I don't know what to do with this information. Do we have to travel the world, go on a circuit, go on the morning shows? I think that's how it works. And we might get the call up for the World Cup final. I'm by the phone if anyone wants to give us a call and a car. But I, 
Yeah, I <laughs> it was very, very stressful. And I must say the post-match presentations really stressed me out as well from a production point of view because I understand, like, it was great. It was at the home ground of Brisbane, but I felt like there was a lot of Brisbane, like, speeches and chat before we got to Melbourne, so it was, like, quite long and that was great. Always remarkable when you get um, a best on ground from the losing side and by one point, remarkable turn of events. And then we had coming up onto the stage one, two, three, four, five in a row and then like children mic'd up when they probably didn't need to be mic'd up. It was just like a lot going on and so I felt like I needed to just stop watching because I actually found the post game from a producer's point of view more stressful than the close game. So I think that said a lot about me, Lou. Can I have a, a little just take a moment to shout out Eden Zanka who kept her jumper tucked in for the whole post-match which I really loved. Respect. And then when she went up to get her medal, the young child who presented the medal to her also had their jumper tucked in. And I just thought that was beautifully done. And then they went in for the big hug and just the big arms out, really big hug of Eden. And I thought that was glorious. It was the second best hug after Mixtonier and Daisy Pierce, which really was like maybe hug of the year. I think that's an award we could start whipping out, but I think that was hug of the year. Yeah. There was a hug between Paxi and Mixtonier right when the siren went that was also really pretty beautiful too. Maybe we should do three, two, one like they did with Best on Ground and find out who pips who for the best hug. I don't know. That might be something that we'll have to go away and do after the show. We also had an incredible hug in our house from my daughter to me, just thrilled that the footy season is over and she gets her mum And I quote, she said, I'm so glad football's over because now there won't be so much yelling at home. <laughs> Has she not met oh, cricket? <laughs> I know. It's a very different mum watching cricket, I have to say. There's a lot less uh yelling at umpires in that, that's for sure. Um, I will say as a Melbourne supporter, there was just a slight kind of deja vu of sitting at home on the couch watching Melbourne win a premiership that really stung and I just thought, please come back to Melbourne and win a premiership here so I can be there and watch it. It was just, just that little bit of a dampener for me. Before we get out of here, I'm just getting the doc um, is texting me and I think she might have um, a telegram she'd like to read out. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Kate here. Hope you all had a fantastic grand final day. Huge congrats to the Melbourne D's on finally getting that elusive flag and commiserations to all of our Brisbane Lions fans out there. I know it was a tough day for all of you, but it wasn't quite as tough as it was for a number of men on the Twitter who really struggled to cope with the fact that women were playing sport again. Now, earlier this year, I introduced what I promised would be a one-off segment, and I said I would not revive it. Then I had a change of heart. So this, my friends, is the AFLW Grand Final Edition of Sad Tweets. I'd like to begin by offering thoughts and prayers to Stephen, probably fresh from celebrating the Socceroos 1-0 defeat of Tunisia, who tweeted, sorry that so-called grand final, a mere 19 points to 13 total scores, was so flat and dull and boring. Now here, Stephen demonstrates both an inability to read the actual final scores and 
to understand that sport is not just about the size of the score, but the quality of the contest. My deepest condolences also go to Rowan. He tweeted that it's not like anyone cares about AFLW, thereby showing us just how much he cared. I'd like to send my sincere sympathies to Luke, who seemingly wrapped his lips around the Fox footy Twitter account and all of their AFLW grand final content, then chiding them for apparently shoving it down our throats. And finally, we end with a compliment from JRH, who described AFLW as Australian wokeness at its finest. I agree, JRH. It was woke and it was fine. And what a wonderful note to end this grand final edition of Sad Tweets on. Ah, thanks, Katie. Nice to hear your voice. Well, it's been delightful to do this mini pod and just get some awesome reactions. I think we're all completely exhausted. I won't carry on about how long this season's been, but it has been epic. And we just want to salute everyone who got out there and played and put on quite the show for us in this 2022 year. We've seen some amazing highlights, some new people out running around on the ground, um, heaps of new faces in the commentary boxes, which is so exciting for everyone here. And everyone in this pod has, you know, taken leaps and bounds in what they're doing in the way that they interact with sport and um, footy and broadcasting and the world at large. So we thank you so much for your support in what has been the most epic (laughs) three seasons in (laughs) one year, Lucy Race. I just, I know we don't do stats, but I did just think it was worth highlighting that this is our 63rd episode for the year that we started back on the 5th of January. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege to put out all of this work this year with this incredible team and massive, massive props to Tess Armstrong, the one and only Teddy, who wrangles everything and does just the most beautiful job of producing. So thank you, Ted. Love ya. I also just want to say that while there are 10 of us and we always try and um, have as many combinations as possible, Lucy, Emma and Tess, you have been the constants throughout this year and you have really turned up every week. And so I just want to also say to the three of you, thank you so much. This year has been mammoth and a huge load and effort from the three of you. So I want to say that and I want our listeners to hear that too. Thank Thank you, you, Rana. Thanks, Rana. Rana. Um, It's always been an absolute pleasure to bring this show to the people and to the Sanctumers. We love hearing from you and we love seeing you in the outer. Thank you so much for everything you've given us this year. You keep us buoyed, you keep us invested, you keep us on our toes, you certainly keep us honest. We love seeing you and we love hearing Go Footy in the outer when we pass by. We cannot wait to see you in season eight of the women's in 2023 and I don't know what season that'll be for the men's season 100 million and 50 million <laughs> magic <laughs> round but for now there's only one thing left to say my friends and that is go go, go.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 